So welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. Uh, This is season four, episode 10. And today's episode uh, is just me and Amber. And we're going to be throwing some questions at each other this evening uh, and telling some bedtime stories, Amber. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that one of the questions that came up before um, from many from many listeners was that we never actually really um, dived into who we are. I think, you know, we've shared many stories over um, the past few years, but I think that, you know, we'll give we'll give each of us an opportunity just to share a little bit about ourselves. So Amber, let's start with you. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what do you want to share? I think uh, that you and I, you know, we talked about, you know, how we could potentially introduce ourselves uh, differently for our listeners. And so I'm going to propose that we introduce ourselves with like three facts that people may not know about us. So uh, in the spirit of that, um, (laughs) uh, so my name, my name is Amber, (laughs) you know that, Um, my, my middle name is Dawn, uh, folks know that, but um, my middle name is Dawn. Um, fact that folks may not know about me is that I didn't receive a high school diploma. Hmm. I didn't, uh, I didn't graduate from high school. I went to the ceremony. Like I, like, you know, I, I went to Kihuahua high school for grade 12 Mm -hmm. and, um, and they allowed me to go to the, to the grad ceremony, but I, I didn't actually get my high school diploma. Um, at that time, uh, during our diploma exams or in my grade 12 year, um, my uncle passed away uh, yeah. and he was, he was like a father to me. He was my yeah. second dad and, uh, and he passed away. And so I like checked out, I checked out in grade 12. I uh, didn't do well in my diplomas. I didn't do well that year. And so I didn't receive my high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to school as an adult student at Blue Quills and I had to upgrade uh, mm-hmm. when I was in college. And so that's something that folks may not know about me is I didn't uh, receive my high school diploma. Um, another uh, thing that folks may not know about me um, is that one of my very first jobs outside, like one of my first jobs was like in Kihuahua in, in our summer uh, employment program and um but my just my like my quote unquote real job uh, out in the big city was i worked at blockbuster video <laughs> and like that just t- tells you how old i am because uh, when people hear it and they're like they're younger they're like blockbuster like when i try and explain it to my kids they're like what's blockbuster um but blockbuster video like for you know folks who are in there like you know 40s and up uh we had like you know we had to rent videos like we had to rent vhs tapes to watch a movie and uh and i loved working there because we got first dibs on all the new releases and so when a new (laughs) release would come out (laughs) we got first dibs and so um 
that was one of my first jobs. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, those are three things that people might not know about me. My middle name's Don. I didn't receive a high school diploma. And uh, my first job in the big city was at Blockbuster Video. So <laughs> your turn. <laughs> three things, eh? Yeah. Um, I think that like the first thing that probably comes to mind is that a lot of people um, didn't know that my dad started this Alberta uh, Indigenous shooting club when I was young. And, you know, throughout my probably from when I was maybe 11 or 12, my dad started um, training me uh, competitively. And so I did that. I did rifle shooting competitions um, at a provincial level within Indigenous Games uh, at a national level. It was definitely something that um, that came easily to me, I think. Because, mm -hmm. you know, having grown up with a family of men who hunted, you know, and, and being in those spaces, I think that and and being comfortable around gun safety, because that was, you know, a huge part of part of that gun club was that, you know, we, my dad was so careful in regards to the safety um, and how we treated guns. But there was also the teachings of, of hunting and the, the ceremonial aspect to to that. So. I, yeah, I trained competitively to shoot guns from like the age of 11 or 12. And it's crazy because like my daughter is 12 and, um, you know, she's really showing interest in wanting to um, also learn and, you know, learn uh, first with a 22, but eventually with rifle. And so that's one thing. Another thing... Um, uh, <laughs> which way which way do we want to go here? <laughs> how juicy or how rugged do we want to get <laughs> oh get rugged <laughs> no I think that um you know as a child I loved the weirdest foods um I remember you know I would ask my parents to get me like sardines and like gizzards mm. and like Ooh. wild meat and like I loved wild meat and rabbit and as a child you know those were kind of like a a big thing for me um and so I kind of outgrew that because I haven't had gizzards since I've been young um and my preference for wild meat is moose meat but definitely as a child I I loved I love that kind of food um, and it and that ties in a lot to you know what my parents ate too right what I was raised mm -hmm. around with my grandparents and and that sort of thing um, another thing that people may not know is that I actually was in a relationship at a very young age um, I shacked up <laughs> <laughs> at the age of like I think I would have been 15 mm-hmm maybe 14 15 around there you know when I reflect on that and I think wow like what was my mom thinking because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way as a mother now that I would let my child shack up but you mm. know at that time it was again it was different um but you know I was in a relationship very young um and in that relationship for almost five years 
-hmm. And during that time, really dedicated myself to my schooling. I felt like, you know, as I reflect back on it, that relationship kind of in some ways, you know, kept me out of trouble. I don't know what mm-hmm. in outdoing things as a pope, maybe it was, it was just different. Right. And so I was mm-hmm. really dedicated to school and my studies and working really hard um, when I graduated, but yeah, those are, those are three things about me. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna get juicy here. Um, I want to say too, I, I have one story about Terry <laughs> that I want to share, and then, um, and then I have a question for you about about uh, relationships. Right. Um, but the but the story that I want to share about you, and I'm not gonna out the person who uh, was humiliated or expressed it, uh, <laughs> who expressed that he was humiliated. But this one time, me and Terry were out on her quad and there was um, one of our sisters that was out with us and, you know, her partner came along and we're out, you know, looking for, for moose and, uh, and there was some prairie chickens that were like right on the path, <laughs> like right on the path. And so this is to... This is to prove that Terry's a good shot. Um, they, they were right on the path and uh, our sister's partner, he um, grabbed his gun and he was, you know, shooting these prairie chickens or he was trying to shoot these prairie chickens. And there was about four or five of them on the path and, you know, they didn't really move. Like, you know, <laughs> like when he was shooting, they were just kind of like standing there, you know, and Terry gets, gets says, hey, pass me that gun. And she grabbed the gun and bang bang she shot two prairie chickens just like that and I'll never forget his response he went and grabbed those prairie chickens and he grabbed his gun and he was like well that was humiliating <laughs> or he said that was humbling oh, that was funny and uh and I don't think anyone after that could ever say that Terry isn't a good shot and then she started talking to him about how his you know his gun was off and I don't understand guns so um yeah I'll never forget that and that uh, we all kind of chuckled about it and I think he was still embarrassed I think he would still be embarrassed to this day if we brought it up um but it was it was a funny story um and so the question that I have for you you talked about being in a relationship when you were really young and and uh you know I you know one of the requests that we had that we did get when we put out to the community you know what what conversations would you like to to us to further explore and and one of um I think one of the um, most listened to um, that I've heard feedback from, from our community members and people who listen to our podcast is our, our episode on Indigenous love that we did mm. seasons ago. Yeah. And, and, I, and I reflect on that episode often. Yeah. And whenever people send you know, messages to us and say, hey, like I've listened to that episode and you know, it, it really you know, invoked a lot of emotion for me and you know, I've, I've had to reflect on my own relationships and my own <laughs> patterns and et cetera. But um, in, to carry on with that conversation, um, what would you say is one of your Indigenous love languages? And so that's specific to, you know, um, how, how you have, you know, partnered with, you know, Indigenous men, because it's, uh, one of the things that I think we should probably also say is that, you know, we are, you know, cisgendered, heterosexual women who, you know, partner with 
cisgendered heterosexual men. And so this is specifically in that context. Um, but what would you say in intimate partner relationships, because there's lots of different forms of relationships, which I want to get to as well. Um, Jeez, you're, just, you... you're, just, <laughs> you're just really just getting there, Amber. Just hold on. Hold on. Oh, I'm, I'm not there in, yet. Just diving in yet. deep, right? <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> just go. <laughs> um, what would you say is one of your uh, love languages in an intimate partner relationship? Okay. Before I go there, I think that um, trying to wrap my head around what is an Indigenous love language. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if there's there's that book out there with the five love languages, I think that's what it's called, right? And um, but when we think about Indigenous love language, what does that mean? And so for me, you know, I think about it is, is how we're viewing love, like within our own worldview, like our Nehio worldview, in relation to our beliefs or our laws um, that we that we have. And like, and so when I think of it in that context, and I think about what is my love language, I think, you know, at, the, at this time in my life, it, it's definitely that connection to spirituality because mm -hmm. that's that's important to me like I'm doing a PhD in social work which my research is focused on how uh, ceremony is healing but also looking at end-of-life ceremonies and the resurgence of those traditional practices and the healing practices within our communities and so spiritual spiritual connection absolutely mm -hmm is my love language. What about you? Oh, I felt like you were going to go deeper. Okay, well, <laughs> you I was waiting. Cry? <laughs> I was waiting for more. Uh, and it's interesting you say that because um, I'll, I'll share this story. I feel comfortable sharing this. Um, I remember like years ago, uh, you know, after like the father of my kids and I had broken up and that was what, six years ago or something like that. And um, I remember I was talking to one of my, one of my sisters and, you know, her and I were just talking about relationships and, and she's in, she's, she's married and, and she's had the, you know, her husband has been in her life for a long time and they have beautiful children and they have, um, you know, what I would consider a very successful relationship. And that doesn't mean that they haven't had their share of challenges. It just means that they have really fought to, uh, you know, for the relationship to, to flourish and grow mm -hmm. and that they support each other's development and they support each other's growth. And, um, and I remember her and I were having a conversation and she told me, she's like, when you go to ceremony, you go, like, go pray. Like, go pray for your partner. And I remember, like, looking at her and being like, like, you mean, like, when I'm sun dancing, I ask for my man? <laughs> and she's like, yes. And she was like, you know, when you're going there to pray, you go there to pray for all kinds of reasons, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she was like, why not pray for, for your partner? Just bring in real lots of prints. <laughs> We're walking in. No. <laughs> oh, just bolts, just bolts of fabric on my back. 
<laughs> I got big. I got big prayers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but but she t- like that's she she was being serious and I right. I really <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I have a cough. And so I'm trying to contain that. Um <coughs> Terry. <coughs> edit that out. <clears throat> Take your time. And so I remember the year that I uh, that that summer when I went to Sundance and I was by myself that year, like completely alone. Like my family was all busy um, doing different things. And, um, and so I was alone. Like my mom came with me initially to help me set up. And uh, it was in a community I've never Sundanced in before. And, uh, and then she had to leave. And so I was completely by myself during those days. And uh, I remember I was sitting in that lodge and I started thinking about what my sister said. And I'm like, okay, Amber, like you do have to pray about this. And this is something that, you know, I felt like I was being selfish mm-hmm. in asking for that. <clears throat> and, and I re- I was really conflicted about it, about like, is this a selfish ask? And, um, and eventually throughout the Sundance, couples were popping up and they were there praying for each other and with each other. And I noticed it throughout the entire Sundance. I kept picking up on it. And I remember this couple came in, or I'm sorry, no, a man came in and he, uh, you know, I'm not going to share exactly what, you know, what was said, but basically his wife couldn't be there uh, because she was ill. And he came in and offered prayers on her behalf. And then things were said inside of the lodge. And I sat there and I thought, that's it. That's, that's it. I, I want a relationship and I prayed for a relationship where if I, if I needed prayers that my partner would pray on my behalf Hmm. and, and I, and I, I prayed for that partner that my partner would pray on my behalf. If I was ever unable to, you know, be in prayer, you know, in a space like that, that I would have a partner who would go on my behalf to pray for my, me mm-hmm. and for us. And I remember thinking about that for the rest of that, of that Sundance. Right. And so um, it's interesting that you talk about that spiritual connection because that, that's it. You just reminded me of that, of that story of being in that Sundance Lodge. And um and so, yeah, I think that that I would also agree with you that I think that that is one of, you know, uh, it, that's definitely an Indigenous love language for sure. I also think uh, that, um, I'll tell you this other story. And I remember I was talking to a friend of mine and he's from a different nation in the United States. And uh, we talked about, um, you know, those teachings that we have in our, in our, uh, in the Cree language in Nekiawe went around, you know, boundary crossing. And he told me this story about a ceremony that they have. And it was a, a ceremony to ensure accountability happened if someone crossed the boundary. And the way he told the story was really beautiful. And he talked about how, you know, if a person crossed a boundary within the community, 
they would be exiled, you know, from that community until they were ready to come back and be held accountable by the community for the boundary that they crossed. And that only at the time when, you know, when that person was ready to come back, um, they would be met like at the edge of the woods of that community. And the old ladies from the community would go and meet there and have ceremony about, you know, <clears throat> what that was going to look like, the accountability piece. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I would say that love language for me is accountability Hmm. like I love me an accountable native man (laughs) you know yeah I I think that there is some real um that's you know to to demonstrate accountability to one another a true accountability to one another is it that demonstrates love to me Mm -hmm. and so I I think that that would be one of them as well Hmm. yeah so what is so is my question can I ask you something now <laughs> I fuck I guess <laughs> oh, <are you> scared? <laughs> oh, I'm kind of scared <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um I want to kind of keep keep in line with like this this topic around indigenous love because I think that um it's important it's important to talk about but when we think about, you know, we've had some side conversations around love in general and love. And we're talking about right now, like this love in, with within an intimate partnership. Right. But do you want to talk about like love in, in all different types of relationships mm-hmm. and what that is and what is your belief around that? Or how do you feel about what is your how much do you love me? <laughs> 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 Tell me. <laughs> explain to me <laughs> explain your love for me amber <laughs> and and you know what's you know and, and I'm so, like so over the years i have like i know i've been told multiple times over the years like from especially other women who have said to me i love the way you and terry love each other hmm, yeah. and like and people have said to me, and again, especially our women, our women have approached me or, or commented on things on social media or have, you know, made reference to our relationship about, you know, how, how well we take care of each other and how much we love each other. And, and I, I've always agreed with that. You know, I've mm-hmm. always agreed like, yeah, you know, like this, this, this friendship, this sisterhood that we have is really special. And, um, and, you know, for, for folks who, you know, have listened to us, you know, over the past year and some, or maybe know us, uh, know that like we, like we developed a, a pretty strong friendship, like a long time ago, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I remember we like had met through Jody, through yeah. our sister Jody. And, uh, and then when I went to school at Blue Quills, and you were working in, in the master's program, um, we developed a really like close friendship. And of course, like we had our ba- our youngest or sorry, your oldest and my youngest at the same time. And, you know, we really bonded mm-hmm. over a lot of different things, motherhood, um, you know, and, and again, like I've, I've said before, like our stories are um, there's threads of common themes throughout our stories, you know, our yeah. dad's, you know, uh, their experience at Indian residential schools, our mother's experiences, um, you know, and, 
yeah. And so I think that there's lots of things that we have had in common, mm-hmm. but I think, I think about, about our friendships often and about how there are times where I know, like, I, I know that if it had not been for the space that you hold for me. And when I say like the space you hold, it's not just in the times where I've like needed you to be, um, you know, a supportive role or a supportive person in my life through grief or through processing or heartbreak or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You've always held that space for me. But I think that what the beautiful thing is and how I've experienced you and your love is that I've never questioned Hmm. that that space would be there. I've never once thought, I don't think I can talk to Terry about this, or I don't think that Terry has, you know, the capacity or the ability to support me in this, or I've always just known that the space was always going to be held for me. And not a lot of folks ever get to experience Mm -hmm. that, you know, through their, you know, parents relation or their relationship with their parents or with, you know, friends or with an intimate partner or, or, Mm -hmm. or, or. And so I think that one of the things that I've always been thankful for is that there's really nothing that I can't come to you with, right? Like if I've come to you and I've, you know, again, the amount of times that you and, and our other girlfriends you know, have the ways that you've supported me through, again, like really significant loss. Mm -hmm. And, and whether that be death, you know, or, you know, again, heartbreak, and, or even just like experiences in parenting, or being Mm -hmm. overwhelmed at work. I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's limitless. Right. And so I think that (laughs) the question that I was going to have for you, that I think I want to answer for, for, for uh, for me for this specific uh, what you just asked because my question for you was going to be how have you experienced me you know in our relationship mm. and um and I know that the way I have experienced you has been very gentle you know you're kind of rough sometimes but you're <laughs> gentle you're gentle with me you know and even when, and even when you provide me that where you kind of got to get rough with me, you know, like there's been times where you've had to get a little rugged and you've had to be like, Hey, smarten up, you know, quit fucking acting like that. You know, like you've been able to tell me those things and I've still felt love throughout them. Like mm-hmm. I have, I know that that comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And I think the other, uh, the other piece, that I want to add to how I've experienced you is that there has never been a time in our relationship where I have felt that we have been threatened by one another. Hmm. And I really, really am thankful for that. Like where I have never, like where I can come to you with any success and you will be my biggest cheerleader Mm -hmm. and you will be like, damn right. Get it girl. What can I do to support you? And you um, you're, you're there, you're there to like, give me that push. You're there to cheer me on. I really appreciate that because I feel like in, in some friendships or, or again, intimate partner relationships, or even in our family relationships, you know, 
um, sometimes the the ego or a wounded ego can get kind of caught up in you know how we support other people and um and i've never felt like you like that i've never felt from you that you have ever prevented me mm. or wanted to prevent me from growth you have mm -hmm. always supported my growth and so i love you i love you so much because of those things and you know many other things you know the fact that you and i like we go on trips and we eat like we just fucking eat <laughs> like i love that that you and i can just go on trips and enjoy being just mm. being in in a space together and uh and that there is no i don't feel anxious around you you know all of those different things are, are just really really important to me so i love you and and thank you so much for for holding that space mm. for me and and holding hope for me when I've needed it because I've felt pretty fucking hopeless, you know, mm. you know, and you've always held that hope for me mm. and reminded me that, you know, it's it, it's gonna get better and uh, and I trust you and that's really important. So mm. yeah, <sighs> I love you so much. You know, it's interesting because I think about when we are thinking even like to our listeners, when we're thinking about relationships and we're thinking about people in our lives and how well we listen and we're aware and we're present in those relationships. And I remember, I remember when you were like, when we started first hanging out within those first couple years and you were doing your MSW and you had Lyric and she was a baby, but I remember a conversation we had. Hmm. And I remember at that time, uh, your partner, you're really excited for a mark. He had gotten like an A plus on a paper hmm. and you were so excited that you went home to share that with your partner. And he didn't reciprocate that back. He didn't, I guess, hold that space for you. Um, he wasn't your cheerleader, you know, and, and I remember you sharing that with me and how hurtful that was for you and how you needed that in a relationship. And I remember that. And that was something that, you know, at that point was like, I knew that as your friend, I needed to also carry that in a way that I needed to um, support you in ways to know that, you know, the work that you were doing um, was appreciated and that you were doing an amazing job. God, you were, you had a newborn in class with you doing your MSW. <laughs> and, you know, I think about those things. And so we can really, you know, many of us pick up the things that are needed or that are lacked in some of our relationships and we can find that in other people too within our friendships mm -hmm. right which I think is really important because I don't think like I feel like you Amber have everything I need <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Talk about got what I need <laughs> and we think about you know, we, and I echo everything that you said, because I feel the same way in the sense that, you know, Brene Brown talks about, you know, around being mindful of who you share your shame stories with, because um, that's really important because not everybody has the capacity to hear those stories. And I think that 
you know, when we think about everything, you know, the experiences and the learnings and the mistakes and everything that both of us have gone through, you know, I've been able to also come to you and not feel worried or threatened that, you know, and safe, completely safe that, you know, when I come to you, Amber, there's never no judgment. There's never no judgment whatsoever you know, and, and you create that space for me as well. And, you know, I think that, you know, in our relationship with one another, that you are also very gentle with me. You all, you're also pretty rough too, (laughs) but you also make me laugh. And I think Hmm. that, you know, laughter, you know, the shit that we do sometimes, Amber, I think that, you know, Uh, I can't even, I, I can't even express the shit that we do and the shit that we say to each other. And again, a lot, (laughs) a lot of that is just in creating this really beautiful space where we can, um, laugh about some of those really hard things in our life too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think about times and again, like whether that is, you know, we're struggling in different areas of our life. I think about, you know, I remember I remember when I was going through my separation and I remember reaching out to you and we talked a lot. But there was one thing that I remember specifically, and it was when I was having the conversation about my children and sharing my children with my with their dad and like having to share them 50 50 and like a a week with me and a week with their dad. And I had major anxiety about not being with my kids for a week. It was, Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like Amber, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I honestly don't know if I can be without my kids for a week. And you listened to me and you sat with me. And then you said something. And again, like this is where, you know, there's the pieces where that love comes in and you're gentle. And then there's the piece where it's like, let me tell you something. And you said to me, there's going to come a time. (laughs) And and that time is on your time, whenever that is, where you're going to, you know, it's not going to be like this. It's not going to be so hard. You know, you're going to, not that, you know, you're... (laughs) it's not going to be as painful when your children are away from you. You're going to enjoy the time, you know, you're going to find other things to do. You may, you know, when I've, as I move through this process, I find that like I am, you know, when my kids are with their dad for that week, you know, I schedule a lot of my work stuff then and I travel and I visit and I eat, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I eat good food and I share and I visit. And I think that, you know, that, I remember thinking at that time, I don't know if that's possible. And you're is possible. And I was like, I believe her. Like, I absolutely believe her. And at that Hmm. point in my life, I didn't believe myself. There was like, there was no way. Right. Hmm. And so having to, for you, and I talk about this, that there's many times in this past year that you've carried me and that being just one small example of that, right, where I didn't have the hope or the capacity um, to see that far ahead. But you Mm -hmm. did it for me. You were the eyes for me, right? Mm. And so 
I appreciate that. And I think that, you know, I think about our relationship and like you mentioned, like I've had people come to me as well and, and share, you know, how they really appreciate our relationship with one another. And I think that, you know, my hope is that others can also have these type of relationships with one another, right? And that mm-hmm. love isn't just, you know, we have such an abundance of love. That's another thing. I think that we sometimes, there's all, sometimes this belief that like, we have like a bag of love and you can only spread it so thin, right? They can share it mm-hmm. so much. People and love is energy and I feel like you know we all have this abundance of love to share with so many people and why not Mm -hmm. and why not right Hmm. so I love you I love you and I I appreciate you know everything that you've supported me in as well in my life and and always just being um just being there for me Hmm. thank you Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. I, while you were talking, you reminded me of, um, I remember I was experiencing and, uh, we have a group chat. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a group chat between us and our, our other sisters and we're not going to go into detail about that group <laughs> chat, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we, we share stories with one another. And we talk about things that are meaningful to us. And oftentimes we share like pieces. Well, we do, we share pieces of ourselves and we trust one another. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember, uh, you know, I said something on the group chat and it was, you know, again, you know, one of the fucking many times I experienced heartbreak. <laughs> And, uh, and, um, crying around, crying oh, around the group chat. I was, I was crying around the group chat. I was just fucking so sad and sorry. I was just feeling real sore, real chimmucks. I just was like, I was, I was just like, why doesn't anybody love me? And I was just feeling all like real, just feeling real sorry for myself. <laughs> and, and I was talking about like, you know, this, Uh, again, in that self-pity. And I was, you know, asking myself these really harmful questions. And I was like, you know, thinking about, you know, why, why doesn't, you know, someone want to be in relationship with me? And, you know, I was having all these, again, really harmful, you know, I was talking to myself in a very non-gentle way. (laughs) And you said something and you were like, people do want to be in relationship with you we're in relationship with you. And I'll never forget that because it was this aha moment that I had where I was like, wait a second, I'm solely thinking about like an intimate partner relationship and validating my worth based on whether One or not. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> your work on one. Oh, just one guy just made me question my words. But you reframed it for me in such a, a, like, it was literally like an aha moment where I was like, holy shit, like I, yeah, you're right. Like, people do want to be in relationship with me. I have so many good relationships in my life. I have really Mm -hmm. solid relationships in my life. And people love me. 
And, and so that really helped. And then I remember another time where, again, I think it was the same, probably the same conversation where, you know, feeling sorry for myself and, you know, talking about how, um, you know, just again, like how I've, what I've offered and, you know, and, and feeling some, you know, regret about it or remorse or whatever I was feeling at that time. And you came back to me again and you said, Hey, cut it out. You know, like you love fully Amber. And you just reminded me of that when you were talking about this, like bag full of love or this abundance of love right? and how I've, I've, I haven't been afraid to share mm-hmm. like the love that I have, you know, and, and that you reminded me that when I love, I go, I, I go all in, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I love very fully. And that's not just, again, in intimate partner relationships, that's, you know, in my life, I, yeah. I really want to, um, to experience love while I'm mm-hmm. here. And, and the way to experience love is to also be love. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's reciprocal. And, um, and I truly believe that. And so while I'm here on this earth, I want to, I do want to, I want to be love, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that that's really important. And so thank you for those reminders. Um, but I have a question for you. <laughs> hey, we're almost running out of time. <laughs> Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. We're going to switch gears. Okay, one more question I have for you. Okay. <clears throat> oh, shit. All right. So, uh, travels, you know, around Indian country, you know, how, what's, what's the farthest in your, you know, in your dating experience from the time you were 15, whole less, um, what's the farthest you've ever traveled for love? <laughs> I want kilometers. So I want it. <laughs> Good fish. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, road across the over. road, <laughs> across the highway. Oh, I never had to travel. Love always found me. Never mind how far have you traveled? Oh, you don't want to know. Um, uh, uh, New York, New York yeah. City. I think that's the farthest I've traveled yet. Wow. So, yeah, not just a long way from home. Was it all? But paid? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> I think that um, we'll wrap up this session. I know that um, we definitely need to have more sessions like this. And um, I appreciate the easy conversation and and the the questions. Thankfully, they weren't as bad as I thought they would be. But um, I appreciated that conversation and how we went into how we experience love with one another. I think that's really important for our listeners to reflect on their relationships in their life as well. So thank Mm -hmm. you. And I love you and you have a good night. Me, Samina. I love you. Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. 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 Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. 
They pushed us to this point Frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny Preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey Live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids Can't taste clean water A child born into a world Revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard So we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors Anguish lightning in our veins Hear it in a language When they are kitchen for the rain I am product of people That persevere persecution Paint me so creator sees me If I go out shooting Experience our pain When our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the wolves in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptations? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said Two Crees in a Pod.